Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of the Do Aviation Podcast. Thank you so very much for spending a few minutes of your day with me. I am Dio, an air traffic controller and aviation enthusiast, and I am so excited for today's episode because it is not only an amazing story, but I was fortunate enough to be able to interview the incredible woman this story is about. I first found her through an FAA Instagram post where they highlighted her story, which led me to a blog post where she herself talked about her experience. The woman is Sheila Sue, and her story is that she is America's newest deaf pilot. Sheila's story resonated with me because I am hard of hearing myself. While I am not deaf, I am required to wear hearing aids while working, and it is marked as a special consideration on my Class 2 medical. Discovering this story meant a lot to me personally because I know how difficult it can be, not just in aviation, but life in general, to not have a fully functioning sense of hearing. So I was amazed and incredibly proud to learn about Sheila. I don't think there's anyone who can tell Sheila's story better than herself, so I will be reading a blog post she published on Medium that was republished by the FAA. If you want to read the actual story yourself, I will leave the link in the show notes below. Let's jump into it. A Deaf Pilot's Path to Aviation Sheila Sue is deaf, but that didn't stop her from pursuing her passion for aviation. In this blog post, she shares what her journey looked like. From the beginning, aviation wasn't an obvious choice for me. As a deaf child of hearing Chinese immigrants, I faced significant communication barriers growing up. Despite having a cochlear implant since I was three years old, I still encountered misconceptions and stereotypes of the deaf, much to my frustration. I also never had opportunities to connect with people in aviation, including pilots. Aside from that, I never dreamed that I could be a pilot who identifies as deaf. It never occurred to me that deaf people could be pilots. In college, I took aerospace and planetary sciences and astronomy courses, which sparked my initial interest in aviation. It spurred me on to join activities like the MIT Flying Club. That led to a summer internship at the NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena, California, to build a model that forecasts California's sea level rise. My interest in aviation grew when I did another summer internship with the U.S. Department of Transportation. I was privileged to work on an FAA commission project analyzing and forecasting greenhouse gas emissions from aviation biofuels. As I studied those schematics for aviation biofuel production, I briefly considered what an amazing feeling it would be to be able to fly as a deaf pilot. Years later, I finally had the chance to put that wishful thought into action. With a scholarship from a wonderful nonprofit organization and the support of the FAA, I started the intense six-week-long training to earn my sport pilot license at Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana. Most countries in the world currently forbid deaf people from training as pilots because of societal misconceptions about our abilities. However, the FAA allows deaf people to earn a pilot certificate with the limitation not valid for flights requiring the use of radio. Deaf student pilots usually need a side-by-side -side arrangement to communicate with their instructors. The FAA, Pipistrelle Aircraft Manufacturer, and Purdue University also collaborated to convert the aircraft I trained in from a glider to a light sport aircraft, allowing me to sit beside my instructor in flight. When I started my training, I initially encountered communication barriers with my hearing instructor. As we sat at the controls of the Pipistrelle plane, the wind and rumbling engine were so loud I could not hear her or the radio. But with a high-end headset compatible with my cochlear implant's telecoil feature, like the concept of Bluetooth, my telecoil paired with the headset 
filtered out the engine and wind noises while keeping the radio and my instructor's voice. Although my pilot's license would not include the privilege of using radio, I could safely communicate with airports that have towers using light gun signals by making arrangement in advance. The vast majority of the airports in the United States are fortunately non-towered. Deaf pilots like me can fly almost anywhere. While flying, we combine lip reading, hand signals, simple spoken phrases, and shorthand writing to minimize distractions in the cockpit. Occasionally, my instructor would tap the instrument panel and point to the altimeter or airspeed indicator to indicate you're out of tolerance limits. From my pilot training, I've been able to envision how both technology and public policy changes can benefit deaf pilots. For example, text-based radio communication has been argued to be more efficient and safer than voice-based radio communication at towered airports. Text-based communications are increasing in commercial aviation as part of the next-gen effort. If text-based radio communication is widely adopted in general aviation, deaf pilots will be able to operate in towered airports and take on any aviation jobs without restrictions. Thanks to the support of my instructor and everyone at AbleFlight, I am honored to call myself a pilot and join the ranks of around 200 deaf pilots in the nation. I've grown and gained so much knowledge and know I can be a competent and safe deaf pilot. I recently received my pilot wings at a ceremony at the EAA AirVenture Oshkosh show, a very proud moment for me. My flying experience has motivated me to earn my private pilot's license this fall to further challenge myself as a deaf pilot. Continuing my pilot training will raise the visibility and representation of deaf pilots so others will realize that deaf people can become pilots. The most important thing for me is to encourage deaf individuals to dream big and imagine themselves as pilots. You can become a pilot. Now, I was fortunate enough to be able to interview Sheila and ask her a few questions, and I'd like to share her answers with you here. The first question I asked was, what was the process like working with the FAA and Purdue University to obtain your sport license? She said, actually, it wasn't too hard. All I had to do was present my U.S. driver's license and U.S. passport to my certified flight instructor, CFI, and then she took care of it from that point. For those who want to get a pilot license in a shorter time frame and at a lower cost, a sport pilot license would be the better choice than a private license. Do keep in mind that the license has more restrictions than a private pilot's license or a PPL. My next question was, you said you were interested in pursuing a private pilot license this fall. Unlike the sport license, a PPL requires a medical clearance. What challenges lie ahead in obtaining your medical certificate and private license? She said, the process is new to me and I'm getting guidance from other deaf pilots who advise that I should apply for a second class medical certificate with restrictions. It would state not valid for radio use. In that case, I could get a commercial license in the future without having to take a special medical flight test or an SMFT twice. I would need to take another SMFT if I were to choose a third-class medical certificate and later decide to pursue a commercial license which requires a second-class medical certificate. To begin with, I would be asking for a medical waiver, and when I first get in touch with an aeronautical medical examiner or an AME, who would be hopefully knowledgeable in dealing with pilots with disabilities or hearing loss, and a local flight school who can help with scheduling an SMFT and iron out other kinks in the process. My experience at Purdue taught me how important it is to have the right team and support. My next question was, you earned your degree from MIT, and I noticed in your Instagram bio you are pursuing degrees from both Harvard and Penn. 
what is the next step for you after completing those programs? Sheila replied, upon graduation from the dual MBA MPP degree program at Harvard, Master's in Public Policy, MPP, and Wharton, Master's in Business Administration, MBA, the possibilities are endless. Over the long term, I would like to establish a public-private partnership that encourages economic development in the deaf community while reducing wealth disparities. I also seek to become a better change agent, which includes learning the tools and skills to advocate for better policies and opportunities favorable to the deaf. One of my ambitions is to invest in startups and companies offering solutions aimed at reducing barriers and promoting the inclusion of people with disabilities and deaf people as well. What if we could have invested in solutions that would enable more people with disabilities to fly better, safely, and with fewer limitations on our pilot licenses? My next question was, what is something you wished you knew before you started training to become a pilot? And similarly, what is one piece of advice you would give to someone interested in starting flight training? Sheila replied, even though I am aware that my initial training at Purdue University under the Able Flight program is not typical of a student pilot, I wish I had known how intensive and time-consuming it would be. As a student pilot, you have a lot to learn and retain. Having all of this information will save your life when you face an emergency during flight. For those thinking about starting flight training, the reward of making that first solo cross-country flight and experiencing these breathtaking views is well worth all the effort. There is nothing like the thrill of becoming the master of a plane and taking in the scenery. My next question was, how did you come across Able Flight? What was your experience with them like? Sheila replied, my first exposure to Able Flight came from a news article about an Able Flight student pilot who was deaf. She encouraged me to apply for the program after I spoke with her about it. I stayed in a dorm at Purdue University with four other awesome student pilots with disabilities, some in wheelchairs and one with paralysis. They were a vital part of my support system, motivating me to keep going and pass my check ride. Each one of us was assigned to a CFI under Purdue University to learn flying in a one-on-one -on -one setting. My plane was configured for us to sit side-by-side -side for better face-to-face -face communication while the others were in a tandem configuration. I admit, it was physically and mentally taxing when we all adhered to a rigorous schedule of flying two times a day for five or six weeks while studying in between. In the end, we all earned our pilot's licenses and can now look forward to flying more. One of the organizations that made it possible for Sheila to earn her wings was AbleFlight. AbleFlight's mission is to offer people with disabilities a unique way to challenge themselves through flight training and aviation career training, and by doing so, to gain a greater self-confidence and self-reliance. AbleFlight was created by pilots who believe that the life-changing experience of learning to fly is best shared, and they designed the AbleFlight scholarships to enable people with disabilities to pursue that experience. Traditionally, people with significant physical disabilities have found few or very difficult pathways to entering aviation in the areas of flight training and aviation career training. It has been both a matter of outdated and restrictive physical qualification criteria and perception of a person's potential. By restricting entry into aviation for people with physical disabilities, governmental and industry entities have missed the opportunity to tap into a larger group of individuals who are qualified and only need an opportunity to prove themselves. This is not an ad in collaboration with Able Flight, but their mission is something I believe in, so much so that I personally have made a donation to Able Flight after learning about the amazing work they do, and I want to encourage you to do the same. The money you donate to AbleFlight would be used in a few different types of aviation scholarships for people with disabilities. 
Number one, the Able Flight Scholarship covers all flight and ground training, testing fees, books and manuals and travel and lodging, everything required for training for the FAA Sport Pilot Certificate. Number two, the Aviation Career Training Scholarship provides support for technical aviation management and other aviation career training, including flight dispatch and air traffic control, which is what I do. Number three, the Return to Flight Scholarship provides the opportunity to become a pilot again for those who are already licensed and left aviation due to injury or illness. AbleFlight is the only organization of its kind in the United States, and I personally believe they are doing phenomenal work. AbleFlight was deemed a platinum-level nonprofit by GuideStar, demonstrating a strong commitment to transparency and philanthropy. Again, this is a phenomenal organization helping people like Sheila achieve their dreams and overcome the impossible. To donate, go to www.ableflight.org donate, and I will leave the link in the show notes. I wouldn't ask you to give your money if I didn't think it was for a great cause, so if you take a moment to do it, I want to extend a personal thank you for helping others get involved in the incredible community of aviation. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you probably know someone else who would also enjoy it. So feel free to share it with a friend. If you have a second and think we deserve it, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can follow at Do Aviation on Instagram and TikTok. And until next time, clear skies and tailwinds. Good day. The views and opinions expressed on the Do Aviation podcast are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Department of Transportation, the Federal Aviation Administration, the National Air Traffic Controllers Association, or any other entity outside of the individuals on the show. Unless otherwise stated, the Do Aviation podcast is in no way associated with or done in collaboration with the DOT, FAA, or NACA. This program is not official guidance and does not replace the teachings of a certified trainer or instructor. Any and all episodes are the property of the uploader and shall not be recorded or transcribed without express written permission. This program was recorded on personal time with personal property and no government resources are used in this show. Any recordings used are from third-party sources. The intent of the Do Aviation podcast is to advocate for aviation safety, discuss aviation, and promote aviation as a whole, but makes no guarantees to the accuracy of anything said on the show or any legal obligations. Federal aviation regulations should be followed at all times and listeners are encouraged to use good judgment and practice safety in all situations. Your local flight standards district office or a certified flight instructor should be referred to for any questions regarding aviation laws, rules, or regulations.